listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman as we are getting into the March edition of the show here and uh, really winding things down in the regular season that it always just seems to fly by. You're in September. you got 68 games in front of you. You feel like it's going to go forever. And then once you get to this point of the year, it just feels like a dream almost. Every season, I forget uh, every year how quickly it goes by. You know, you kind of look at it from different perspectives on the schedule of where a certain road trip is. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's coming up in December. And then all of a sudden it's December and that trip is there. And then it's, oh, we know we got that big series coming up in February. And then all of a sudden it's February. And now it's, you know, the last couple weeks of the season here so every single year it goes by so quickly and I always forget how fast it goes by every year until we get to right around here and there's only about three weeks left to go. Yep and uh, we got Sam McGinley coming up on the podcast he's going to be our feature guest and uh, he's someone who's winding down his Western Hockey League playing career and I'm sure it really feels like it flew by for him it seems like just yesterday there was the trade where we brought him in as a 17 year old and that that hub season that shortened season kind of threw everything out of whack and yeah suddenly uh, you know play Players like him, longtime members, down to their final few games. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, you know, we were just talking after we finished recording there. Like, you still remember the day that uh, the team brought him in and uh, came in as that 17-year-old, just needed uh, someone to fill in a big role in the back end, and he kind of got that opportunity as a young guy, and now he's, uh, you know, a serious part of the back end there and has been for years. So, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that he's he's wrapping or winding down his WHL career here and has been here for so long and just been such a, an integral part of this team for, for four years now. The team doing uh, a couple of alumni events. I love that they're getting the uh, players of yesteryear involved. Tonight there's uh, a banquet honoring the 1993 Western Hockey League Championship team, celebrating the 30 years of that local championship win. Uh, that packed house event is going to be happening tonight. And then tomorrow night, as the team hosts the Moose Jaw Warriors in one of their final home games, that team again will uh, have its moment in the spotlight. Yeah, obviously such uh, a cool opportunity to get a lot of those guys uh, back into town for an event like that. I don't know exactly how many of the members of the team are back in town for it, but it sounds like there's a pretty pretty substantial amount of them, so it's just great to get those guys back into town. You know, the, the rink is a lot of the same from, from when they played. Obviously, there have been some renovations, but I think the locker room's a lot the same as it was back then, and you know, talking to a couple of the guys on, on Zoom the other day, they were saying how you know they're going to be able to go in the locker room and kind of sit in their old stalls and look around, and they can still kind of picture where guys sat when they were playing uh, during that 93 season, so uh, pretty cool they got those guys back in town and I uh, can only imagine uh, some of the stories those guys are going to tell when they see each other. Yeah, you had mentioned tonight there's going to be a hot stove segment there. So who all is involved in that? Yeah, so the hot stove, it's going to be uh, me up on stage there and I'm going to be chatting with Trent McCleary, Todd Holt and uh, Tyler Wright. So got three guys up there who obviously all played uh, integral roles on that team. You know, Trent being the captain, Tyler Wright, a 12th overall pick and Todd Holt, the franchise's all-time leading scorer. So all three of those guys, huge parts of the, of the program for their entire WHL careers and with all the other guys in the crowd like I said, I'm sure the, the stories are going to be flying and uh, hopefully it's entertaining for everyone who's there. So what you're saying is you're going to be talking to Todd Holt. <laughs> he might just be talking to everyone while I'm trying to moderate things. But uh, no, it'll be fun. I think it'll be good. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of laughs being shared there and guys will be uh, reminiscing on old times. But, uh, you know, some of the some of the pranks they were pulling on each other back in the day. It must have been so much easier to pull pranks on guys when there's no social media and no, any, no, no cameras and no phones, anything like that. It must have been so much easier. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was 
was it was a very close knit group, and uh, you know a lot of those guys they uh, not not unlike this team this year and what they potentially could be next year. And uh, there were guys that came into the league as sixteen and seventeen year olds, and the nucleus of that team spent a lot of time together. So very tight knit group. Yeah, that's what you know. We touched on that with uh, with Devin in our coaches segment there, just kind of how those three guys specifically were were sixteen old rookies together, and they all spent their entire WHL careers here, kind of culminating with that championship in '93. So, uh, like you said, pretty similar to what the group has now. Such a young group that's been together for the hub season and now all the way to here and getting better each and every year and taking those steps forward year over year and hopefully it'll end up in the same kind of way. Yeah, and uh, we touched on it earlier, one of the final home games of uh, the regular season coming up tomorrow night. Game number one in what should be for lack of a better term, emotional home-and-home home series with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, I think there's always a little extra excitement when uh, those two teams go head-to-head, and it was no different just a couple of weeks ago when uh, they had a, another home-and-home, and, home and you know the Broncos played pretty well on the, the Friday night in Moose Jaw, just weren't able to, to get the win, but then a nice rebound performance in a, in a 4 nothing win the next night as the Lake Diefenbaker Slew Sharks uh, the, the next night. So uh, hopefully we'll see a similar effort on home ice tomorrow. Obviously a big game. You know The Broncos are trying to stay right in the thick of that playoff hunt, and you know Moose Jaw not so much. I feel like they're more or less locked into that uh, that fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, but doesn't mean that they're going to be uh, taking their foot off the gas pedal down the stretch here. You touched on the Lake Diefenbaker Slew Shark thing, and while we're talking about that and the Moose Jaw Warriors, uh, I want to give a shout-out to a, a friend of ours, uh, James Gallo, play-by-play voice for the Moose Jaw Warriors. He's a hard-working guy. If every team in the Western Hockey League had a James Gallo on staff, it would be even more of a successful league. Great dude, but I love the fact that he completely honored during his play-by-play <laughs> broadcast the Lake Diefenbaker Slew Shark name. Like, I don't think he said Swift Current Broncos once. I, say, I wonder if he slipped up at all. I think I slipped up a couple of times uh, when things were getting a little intense there in the third period, but I wonder if he managed to keep it uh, in check the whole time. We'll have to ask him when I see him tomorrow. Yeah, I, I in, in the production room, you can hear most of the game, and I, I heard a lot of Slew Sharks. I don't think I heard him slip up once. Maybe he did, but uh, th- that deserves a shout-out. The fact that even the visitor play-by-play guy, who doesn't know our organization, a darn thing honored the whole thing. So, uh, a very, very cool little bit of play-by-play work from James on that. But uh, coming up, we're going to have a chat with feature guest Sam McGinley, but in the much more immediate future, head coach Devin Pratt on the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Coach's show segment, Devin Pratt joining us after a uh, 5-3 loss to the Saskatoon Blades. Devin, for the uh, for the benefit of those that uh, weren't at the game or weren't able to watch online, uh, how do you break that one down? Yeah, you know what? Um, we had a scoring chance 30 seconds into the game, quick two-on-one, and then uh, about a minute and a half in, they scored on a kind of a three-on-two broken play entry with a good back pressure, and um, we just got kind of behind the eight ball and Things snowballed a little bit on us in the second period with just some penalties, and um, we ended up getting down three, and and the boys just had no quit. They just uh, kept pushing, and we made it 3-2 pretty quickly, and unfortunately, they scored uh, with seconds remaining in the second period to put themselves up two, and um, like we've seen time and time again with our group, there is no quit, and uh, a third period was a very strong period for us. I was shooting them 16-6, and, um, you know, we scored one on the power play, 
seven, eight minutes into the period and gave ourselves an opportunity with some scoring chances after that and uh, just didn't uh, come to fruition for us and they scored an empty netter. So um, really liked the way the guys played. Um, the process was there. Um, you know, we're, we're pounding the table with this and the results are going to follow. It's really one of the more dominant uh, third periods I think we've seen this year. Like you said, 16-6 to six were the shots on net. It almost felt like one of those games where if the game was five minutes longer, you might have been able to get that tying goal because the team was pushing so hard to try and get that equalizer. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, and that's just, uh, again, a credit to the guys and keeping in that mindset and that belief that, uh, you know, it's not over till it's over. We're going to push and we're going to compete. And, um, you know, uh, Reed made some big saves late in the game when we were really pressing. We gave up kind of back-to-back quick breakaway opportunities against and gave us a chance there, and he battled for us. And, yeah, I mean, I think the guys um, – there's a sense of frustration because we know we've been playing good. We know what it feels like to be in control in games. We know what it feels like to outshoot and outchance our opponents. And um, unfortunately, we just haven't had the results as consistently consistently as we feel we probably deserve um, down the stretch here. And there's there's no easy way through it. Um, we got to continue to do what we're doing and find that uh, one degree of separation is what we talk about here. You know, water doesn't boil um, that 211 degrees, but it does the 212 and just what can we do just that little bit whether it's blocking a shot or winning a race or finishing a check or any small detail that there is that we can just find to tip the scales in our favor here because uh you know uh, give credit to the teams for playing their quality hockey teams but we we feel that we're establishing a process and um and we deserve a better fate and and winning in this league is hard people often forget that this is a very very competitive league it's tough to win in but is there still confidence in the room because you mentioned it the guys when they do play these these high caliber opponents in the saskatoon blades you know they've certainly been winning more than they're losing lately uh, uh, they're a tough team to beat, but you know you guys can hang with them. Is the confidence still there when you look around the room in the eyes of these guys? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I think that we had a moment of weakness in Calgary um, when the the script got flipped on us in the third period, and um, there's a little bit more of that kind of defeated mentality, and we, we addressed it. We talked about it. We unpacked it as a group how, you know, we probably felt better as a group if we went into the third period down 4-2 than going in up 2-1 and being down 4 two six seven minutes in um just having that time to reset and um for our guys the challenges is finding that in the moment um being prepared for that in the moment and you know that was a, a highly anticipated game just with where the standings are at and uh, there was a lot of emotion in it and um sometimes that can bring out a little bit of the worst in us and you know it's a learning lesson for us because down this stretch here we're going to be in those scenarios time and time again and um you have to have a short memory you got to be able to just move on at this time of the year you got to trust the structure trust your teammates um trust that uh, when you put in the work and you prepare that results are going to follow and um when they don't, you can't you can't have a hangover from it because you know tomorrow night we got to be at our best, and after tomorrow night, Saturday night we got to be at our best again, and after Saturday it's into Wednesday, and it's just that continued right down the stretch here, night after night being at our best, uh, bringing it and putting it all on the table. This is a very similar situation to last year when the team was right in that playoff hunt until the final weekend of the season. How much can the team sort of lean on that experience last year? Because there's so many guys back from from who went through that last season. Yeah, I think that's that's huge for us. Um, you know, we talked last year about the growth in our team and playing 68 meaningful hockey games throughout the year. And um, I think that's something that we're going to have to tap into. And it's also an opportunity for guys to share, you know, maybe was there a moment where they got emotionally hijacked, where they lost some focus that uh, maybe 
cost the team in the long run and then you know get ahead of ourselves that we we uh, avoid those situations here down the stretch and um, I'm extremely proud of our group and the, the way that they have shown this resiliency um, you know we've we talked our, our early season losing streak was four one goal games in a row the first time in years and um, you know it, we've given up some empty netters it just seems that down the stretch we've continually been in a, a, a press situation where we're down a goal and we've been pulling a goalie and we just haven't quite been able to find that um, tying answer so you know our guys uh, we're confident that they're going to come to the rink tomorrow with a lot of energy and prepared to compete for a full 60 minutes and um, we're going to establish that process. Caleb Y. Rostock I want to ask about him you know he's someone who's been a difference maker for you he's someone who plays very very aggressive isn't afraid to, to throw that big hit and certainly doesn't shy away from the rough stuff and he can be an offensive player as well uh, it's a big loss obviously when he's not in the lineup what can you tell us about Caleb after he uh, limped off the ice in, in Edmonton? Yeah uh, unfortunately you know he was just finishing a check on a four check and uh, tweaked his knee and I think it uh, was a little bit more serious than maybe we first thought it was and um, he's had a lot of progression with that he's put a lot of work in here um, these last few days so it's come around pretty good since Sunday um, and it's kind of at that um, you know day-to-day stage um, I'm guessing probably unlikely that we'd see him throughout the weekend and um, but hopefully into next week with the, the time that it gets back to a spot uh, where um, you know he's able to get back into our lineup because he is such an important part of of our puzzle and um, you know it is a, an opportunity for someone else to step up um, to you know uh, embrace those minutes and, and to do a job for our team and um, we got we got young depth and those guys got to be eager to get up and make a stamp on some games here and um, you know and then when you add a guy like Caleb back into the lineup you just become that much more stronger um, as a group so um, we got to focus on what we have and not what we don't have and I'm really proud of Caleb and the way he's handled himself and the work that he's putting in um, in just trying his best to get himself back in here and uh, you know hopefully it continues to progress in the direction it's been going. Two more goals for Josh Philman last night, 43 on the year now. Goals in seven straight games for him now. He's inching closer to being a 50-goal scorer, which is something only four other guys have done for this team since the year 2000. So for him to, to separate himself as an elite goal scorer in this league has really made such a huge impact on this team. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things uh, with Philly. It started earlier in the year, and he's been able to maintain that just a few lulls throughout the year where um, he probably got a little bit dry by his own standards um and um you know i think through it all the one thing that's been consistent is, is he's always created um he's always created opportunities he's always had scoring chances in every games and um he's getting himself into good spots he's got that great release and um you know it's uh anytime you're a goal scorer you need someone to move the puck to you too and he's had uh, good line mates with good vision to make plays and, and to set him up and um you know philly's not afraid to share the puck either so um we're really proud of his progression and you know anytime you kind of have that ace up your sleeve as a, a, a lethal goal scoring threat um, it's always nice because you feel that at any time in a game they're gonna you know pop off and, and get on the sheet home and home with Moose Jaw coming up we'll, we'll 
touch on that in just a bit here, but uh, a, a unique event happening tonight is the team is having an alumni event, uh, recognizing the 30th anniversary of the 1993 championship team, and and a lot of alums in town for that. Has there been any interaction with the uh, the current Broncos and that championship team of '93? Yeah, you know what? Uh, just a busy week for us being up in Saskatoon last night, but uh, we're fortunate we had Dean McCammick come into the dressing room today to have lunch with the guys, and um, Nathan Weeby, our team chaplain, uh, lined that up. And, and Dean is a, a man of the faith himself and um, works with the Vernon Vipers um, in, in that role as well and um, shared a great story with our guys today, just kind of his journey through the game and uh, abbreviate the story at that because, you know, he's a guy who's played close to a 1,000 games in the NHL and uh, has been in a lot of different dressing rooms and different environments and, you know, very relatable to a lot of our guys uh, in our room and what these guys are going through at junior hockey. Um, so that was a, it was a great, uh, great time in our room and our guys are really looking forward to tonight and getting around the group from 93 and being at the, uh, the supper and just uh, interacting and taking all the little golden nuggets and, and tidbits from these guys and their experience. And, um, you know, 30, 30 years goes by pretty quick. So, um, it's uh, exciting to get these guys back in town. So many cool stories those guys can share too because it kind of seemed like looking over the, the years leading up to that championship season, a lot of those guys were together as 16-year-olds and they grew toward that championship season, which is not unlike the team you've had now with a bunch of young guys the last couple of years growing together. So hoping that they can really use that experience to talk to these guys and sort of soak in what those guys had gone through over those seasons. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's... Uh you know there's always just different scenarios of how guys careers play out and where they go after here and you know um extremely successful junior players that don't play a whole lot of pro hockey or um you know guys that just stick with the game and and find a way to to make a mark and just little life lessons to our guys of you know the bigger picture in life sometimes as well and and where we're at as a group so it's just uh, it's an excellent opportunity i think you know we got uh, the utmost uh, respect and we're proud of this group from 93 um, and their history of winning a championship and it's not easy as you alluded to earlier in the conversation here to win in this league um, so to do it and to do it four years after winning the Memorial Cup is pretty impressive and um, you know Trent McCleary being a, a hometown captain is a pretty cool story too and you know president of our team here and uh, of the board of directors and he just uh, a great resource that we have right in our backyard so I know a lot of guys will be excited to, to communicate and talk with him as well and um, you know it's, uh, it's a pretty unique story and um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, again, just exciting for our guys to get in around there and to rub shoulders and have conversations. And um, we're all, we all have something in common where, you know, you play junior hockey and you're in a pursuit of playing at the next level and, and advancing. And um, it's going to be great just to hear the stories of how the team came together and um, the moments of adversity that they would have faced, whether it be in a playoff series or whatever it may be, um, that uh, how they overcome. So, Yeah, there's the banquet, which is happening tonight. And then tomorrow, the game uh, honoring that 93 team here at the uh, Innovation Plex and then of course the home and home with the Moose Jaw Warriors home and homes they're they're tough I mean uh, you know the games often get emotional and it's it's high stakes for both teams Um, you know how do you feel going into this one yeah you know what I think having them just two weeks ago and coming out of that one-on-one um, 
you know, it, it adds a sense of confidence to our group. We really felt that we played well Friday night on the road in Moose Jaw, and we came away empty-handed, and uh, we had a hot jump out of the gate here um, in Swift Current, and then uh, we saw a talented team in Moose Jaw really press. Um, they got a little bit desperate and created a lot of offense, and uh, Reed Dick stood tall. So, um, you know, it, it felt like probably the better team on either night lost the game. Um, that, that they probably should have won, but at the same time, um, that's just the game is, you know, those those little moments, whether it's in the first shift of the game or the first five minutes, can have an influence on the on the big picture. And um, for our guys, I think it's exciting this time to have the home ice first on the Friday night and take advantage of that with our group and really get a jump here. And, you know, we won't look till Saturday until the final buzzer Friday night. Right on. Well, Devin, best of luck this weekend with said home and home. Enjoy the alumni festivities tonight, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos this week, and our feature guest is defenseman Sam McGinley, who's, uh, this is what, third or fourth time doing this? I think fourth. Yeah, you've had the headset on a few times. Yeah. No stranger to the uh, Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, at the time of recording this, uh, you had just had a Bronco alum in the uh, dressing room. There's, of course, the 30-year anniversary of that 93 championship team, and I guess you guys were hanging with Dean McCammond a bit today, eh? Yeah, that was uh, it was pretty cool, pretty special. He was sharing a lot of stories with us, uh, just telling us about... Uh, how he's been affected with the Broncos organization and through his long career in the NHL, and it was pretty amazing to talk to him. Well, and to hear stories from a guy like that, I mean, he had such a huge part in that championship team and, and had a long, long NHL career. You know, when a guy like that kind of walks into the room and talks to you guys, what uh, what's kind of the mood? You know, is it a lot of wide eyes just kind of listen to this guy tell some stories? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, guys like that have a lot of wisdom, and they got a lot to share. Um, I mean, he was talking a lot about his uh, time with, like, Edmonton, Calgary, Chicago, um, Ottawa a bit, and just how, like, even through injuries, even through, like, being down in the A and coming up and being on the fourth line and just having, like, the persistence of going out there and just playing hockey. And at the end of the day, it is stick a puck. And if you work hard and do your do your job, you're going to get to where you want to go. Yeah, and, uh, you know... It, Shifting to things to on-ice discussion as of right now, it sounds like you guys have been in some real close competitive hockey games as of late, but, uh, you know, the last two, it, it just sounds like a couple that have got away from you. But uh, but having said that, you know, it sounds like the, the mood in the room is still pretty good, eh? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we're obviously battling for a playoff spot. Our playoff started two weeks ago. Um, we have, like, a little seven-game series uh, in our dressing room. We've been keeping to ourselves, and uh, on Friday is, like, game seven. Like, we got to go into there thinking it's we're battling for our lives. Um, it's going to be tough. They're a good team in Moose Jaw. But we got the belief in the room, which I think is the biggest thing. Um, the team we have right now is young, but it's a very um, mature group in a sense where we know what we want and we're going to get it. And the game, you know, most recently in Saskatoon, there was, I think, basically the whole third period, you guys are the better team. It shot him 16-6. to six. It almost felt like if the game was a couple minutes longer, you would have been able to tie it up and at least get it into overtime. So, you know, with the way the team has been playing, so many tight games, as Swites mentioned, just not able to get the final result in all those games. But the confidence has to still be there, knowing that you're playing so well and it's going to come around eventually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we continue to play this hockey, something's going to come. I mean, we're playing a lot of good teams in our last little stretch here, but 
you can't take us easily. I mean, we've upset teams like Winnipeg and Red Deer in the past, and it's not going to change, especially down in the road here when uh, our games get more desperate. I mean, that's, I think, when our time's to shine. We're a third-period team. We've came back in a lot of games, and, I mean, we can come back in the end of the season too. It's nothing. It's no surprise for us. Yeah. What's tomorrow? Game 61 on the schedule, <coughs> the, uh, the WHL schedule. It's a grind. Um, how's everybody holding up in there? You know what? Really well. Um, our guys have been really uh, cognizant of their body management and all that stuff. And same with our coaches and staff. have been giving us time off and stuff. Like just today was a late day. Getting ready for tomorrow's big game. Um, I mean, obviously a few lingering injuries for everyone at some point, but nothing, nothing crazy. How much have you learned over the last couple of years here? I mean, you came here in 1920, went through the hub, went through last year where the team was right down to the final wire to get a playoff spot last season. Now it's a very similar situation here. You know, how much do you feel like you've learned over the years in trying to get all these young guys to sort of understand all the things that you've gone through since you've been here? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe it's almost the end. <laughs> um, there's so many things I've learned throughout the years just from having, like, my 20s, like Jackson Kluski and Hayden Oster when I was 17. Um, then I didn't know what they were teaching me of just taking care of your body, uh, doing the little things right, and obviously being that older presence now, you can really see that stuff. And at this point in my career, you kind of just got to lead by example. I mean... You gotta, you gotta stop talking, especially this late in the season. And you just gotta work and show. And these young guys will follow, and you can see it. And guys like Clark Caswell and Josh Fluker, I mean, those are great uh, young players that will have unreal careers. And hopefully, like the 19s and 20s, will just lead them. I mean, that's all they really got to do. I love the uh, I love the old school name drops on the podcast. You mentioned guys that had an impact on you, Kaluski and Oster. Uh, anybody else? You know, as as you're winding down your time in the Western Hockey League, anyone else that sticks out as someone who really mentored you and you know taught you the right way of this league? Yeah, I mean, I think that bubble year actually was a huge like learning moment for me. Like uh, Michael Farron and Owen Williams, especially Owen Williams. He was. Uh, he was someone that will always have a special place. Like, he, me and him chatted for hours and hours on end. And, I mean, same with Isaac Poulter. I mean, I was really close with him in my 17-year-old year and just became buddies in 18, 19, and obviously where he is now. And, I mean, you can you can even learn from guys your age, like Raph. Like, I learned so much from him. And what he does off the ice and what he does on the ice is just he leads by example, and he has a good time doing it. And honestly that's what you need in this league is to enjoy it as much as you can it's so easy for guys to stay in touch these days with you know cell phone social media wouldn't would not uh, you know how much are you keeping in contact with a guy like Poltz or Raf who's uh, of course down in Everett now uh Poltz yeah talk to him here and there he's uh up and down with uh Utica and uh, their coast team up in Utica right now so he's having a good time and then Raf, you know, he's terrible on his phone, so you don't get to talk to him that much. But, uh, no, he's he's having a good time. He's really enjoying Happy to be in the playoffs, that's for sure. So Right on. Uh, the, the Moose Jaw Warrior team that you have a home and home with, you're no strangers to them. You know, Swift Curtain, Moose Jaw, they play each other six times a year. You already had a home.
home and home with them and another one this weekend i imagine it'll probably get pretty emotional out there right yeah it's gonna be a battle i mean you can kind of think of it as a little playoff series between us right now um there's a huge history between these two teams and even at the end of last game with wardo and korzak trying to fight but the refs kind of stepping in between it like there's going to be tension in between these games and we just got to manage our emotions and uh be cautious on the disciplinary side you mentioned managing the emotions, and I, and I wonder what goes into that. You know, how do you keep it in check when things are are so important down the stretch here, and the games mean that much more, and the other team's right in your face? They're trying to goad you into taking you know unnecessary penalties. Like, how do you walk that fine line and not cross over it? Just staying in the moment, I think, like for our team especially, just when th- those battles uh, pursue after the whistles, we just got to take a step back and do it for like the greater good of the team. Like, if we can punch guys in the face as much as we want but taking those penalties late in the game or even early in the game for them to kind of get a lead is just unnecessary so we just got to stay in the moment i remember in the bigger picture that it'll help yeah you might be bleeding you might actually get a call again so like just the little things kind of are going to help us here yeah, for sure. Um, as, as far as off ice, you know, we always like to find out about what you guys do away from uh, the rink. I think the last time we talked to you on the podcast, you mentioned that you weren't a big social media guy. But, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that occupy your time these days? Oh, geez. Well, I kind of got hooked on the blacklist lately. So I probably watched all nine seasons in like a month or two. So I don't blame James Spader is a phenomenal actor. Like under underrated, maybe one of the best actors. Is that is that like the Reddington? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He's yeah. good. I like him. I never seen it. What's what is this? Show? Really? No. Oh, it's like a it's like a crime. It's like this most wanted criminal joins the FBI and takes down. Yeah, James, James Spader is basically this super connected criminal who gets recruited by the FBI. So it's, yeah, it's it's sick. It's it's a really good show. I nine seasons of it now. Yeah, it's taken up way too much of my time. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm almost done it. Like I need a life. <laughs> I've just been watching The Last of Us. It's only one episode a week, so that's easy to manage. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I got to get on that. I got to start watching The Outer Banks one though. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen that yet that's either. Great. That's true. Uh, too much TV. Um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, down the stretch, you know, you were kind of saying you're having a hard time believing it's, it's almost coming to an end here. You know, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but with, you know, with you next year, you know, what's kind of the thoughts here? Is it, is it more leaning toward the school side? Are you hoping to maybe get a chance to dabble in a little pro hockey here? Yeah, I mean, it would be great if I had the chance to be able to play pro hockey for a little bit. Uh, obviously, that's my first kind of initiation reaction for that and if I get something at the end of the year if I get something early into like the off season I'll kind of hop on that but school is a great idea like great backup plan to say the least like I know there's a bunch of uh, universities that have been reaching out and I've been in contact with them quite a bit so um, honestly at this point in time it's 50-50 like I have no idea where but I know it's uh, the worst comes to worst I'm still playing CIS hockey and one of the best leagues in Canada for that age group and getting a degree which can't complain about at all not just anyone can pull off the mustache look and you know you got that you got a good salad going on as well what was uh, what was behind the decision to go tom Selleck there um that's too old a reference tom Selleck. i'm I, aging myself with that one but well you know what i've been trying to grow it for about four years so finally it's starting to look somewhat right i mean i can thank my dad for that i guess but uh no i was getting tired of the old greasy uh neared or whatever so i thought i'd keep it a little classier 
just party in the front. Right on. Yeah. You think Sam McGinley, you think classic. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, man, we really appreciate you doing this. Uh, you know, this will probably end up being your last appearance on the Broncos This Week podcast. Hopefully we can get you on as an alum down the road. But yes. uh, thanks for always agreeing to doing this and, uh, and being a great guest, man. No, thanks for everything. I mean, you guys have been awesome through my four years here. It's uh, tough to say that this might be the last one, but uh, it's always a pleasure to come on here and chat with you guys. Thank you again. Right on. Thanks, man. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, getting set to put the locks on the doors on another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. A big thanks to Sam McGinley and Devin Pratt for joining us on the podcast this week ahead of a very, very important home-and-home home with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, just, uh, you know, big big games down the stretch every single night for Swift Current, and it's been that way for, for a couple of weeks now, so nothing changes here uh, coming up this weekend. They played Moose Jaw pretty well in both games uh, just a couple of weeks ago, picked up one win and, and one loss, so uh, hoping to see a similar type of effort and similar type of effort to what we saw in Saskatoon on, on Wednesday. The team played pretty well. They more or less dominated the entire third period and unfortunately just came up a goal short before the Blades hit the empty net. So teams playing great hockey here, just trying to find a way to get over the hump and uh, end up on the right side of the final score more often than not. Including tomorrow night, only four games left for this Swift Current Bronco team. And uh, tomorrow night's game will be a game where the 1993 Western Hockey League champion Swift Current Broncos will be honored. Yeah, I'm sure just so cool for those guys to, to come back and the rink kind of experience it. I know a lot of them have been here in town for, you know, the, the golf tournament and that kind of stuff before. But to get them all together in, in one group and come to a game and kind of experience it, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of memories flowing through their minds about what it was like for them down on the ice uh, when they won the, uh, the championship on home ice back in 1993. So super cool event. Uh, glad a lot of those guys were able to make it here and uh, really looking forward to, to honoring those guys. For sure. And then Saturday night, uh, the Broncos packing a fan bus to head to Moose Jaw to cheer on the team for what's going to be a very, very important uh, matchup as well. So home and home with the Moose Jaw Warriors coming up this weekend. Best of luck to our boys in blue and a big welcome back to the 1993 Western Hockey League Championship team, Swift Current Broncos, celebrating that 30th anniversary. That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original Six You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.